Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast focused on those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. Today, we're switching things up a little bit and are highlighting the National Ranching Heritage Center in Lubbock, Texas. We're visiting with Jim Brett Campbell, the executive director of the center. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you bet, Rebel. Thanks for uh, having me. So our focus today will be on the on the center and the important work that it does, but I'd love to get to know a little bit about you and your roots. Uh, sure. Well, you know, actually being here at the Ranching Heritage Center is, is a labor of love for me. Uh, I guess my family has been involved in agriculture, you know, maybe since the beginning of time, uh, but uh, uh, we specifically have a, a small cow-calf ran- you know, ranch in, an operation in northeastern New Mexico by Raton. Um, and so I spent all of my summers up there, you know, and, and cowboying every chance that I got. Um, and uh, my family still uh, is privileged to be able to, to hold on to that. We still, um, like I say, it's a, it's a relatively small cow-calf operation. Um, I have an uncle and a, and a cousin who day to, do the day-to-day work on that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, my kids and, and, uh, our families all try to get up there as much as we can to help. Um, and so just knowing how important it is, uh, to maintain, uh, those family ranches and, and the heritage and values, um, you know, is, is a huge part of what actually brought me here to the National Ranching Heritage Center. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, in, uh, the big city of Hereford, Texas and, and, uh, um, my dad had an aerial spraying business there. My mom was a school teacher, but uh, came here to Texas Tech, uh, got a, an undergraduate uh, degree in ag communications and a major, or a master's in ag education. Um, and then I went to work for the American Quarter Horse Association and uh, in a variety of roles. I worked for AQHA for 15 years and left there as the senior director of marketing and publications. Um, I then went to the Texas Cattle Feeders Association, which is a great organization that represents uh, feed yards all across Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, um, and helped them for a little bit. I uh, then had the privilege of being the executive director of the National Cutting Horse Association in Fort Worth. Um, And uh, then it was really, um, you know, the call to come here to the Ranching Heritage Center and be able to support, uh, you know, my values, um, the values of the ranching industry um, that brought us back here to Lubbock. So um, I do have, I've been married uh, 24 years in March and and I have two boys. I have a senior and a freshman. So uh, we're uh, at a busy point in our life, but uh, um, that's a little bit about my background. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. So the National Ranching Heritage Center does some really important work For those unfamiliar with the center, tell us about its mission and kind of give us an overview. Yeah, so um, the Ranching Heritage Center really is a unique place in the universe. Uh, uh, It truly, it's, we are part of Texas Tech University, so um, we sit on the campus of of Tech and uh, um, the university and and the state of Texas support our, our operations. Um, but really, from the beginning, the Ranching Heritage Center has been an amazing private partner, private public partnership. Um, and so, in the mid 1960s, um, the university president, Dr. Grover Murray, who made a lot of things happen here at Texas Tech, um, actually saw an outdoor museum in Finland. And he came back and he said, "We need that same type of 
um, preservation of heritage, uh, specifically through the architecture of ranching. And so he'd got together um, with uh, a lot of ranching community leaders and South Plains community leaders, um, and they committed to uh, really in the beginning just have a, uh, a replica of a ranch headquarters. So there would, you know, envision there'd be a, you know, maybe a, a ranch house, uh, a bunkhouse, a set of pins, uh, uh, you know, fairly rudimentary. And as they put a committee together to, to study, um, you know, all the ways that ranching impacts, you know, U.S. and world history, they just realized it was much larger than that. And as the word got out into the ranching community, um, different folks, you know, said, hey, I, you know, I've got a barn, I've got a dugout, I have a set of pens. Um, and so they were willing to donate those things to preserve them. Um, and so in most cases, uh, in fact, no um, state funds have ever been used um, to build the, this facility. Uh, it's all been privately donated. Um, and in most cases, the ranches that donated the structure also donated the funds to have it moved and restored. Uh, so this past fall, we just dedicated our 55th historic ranching structure. It was actually a church that was originally built in Spur, Texas on land uh, donated by the historic Spur, uh, Spur Ranch. But our real mission um, is to tell the story of ranching uh, predominantly in the American, the American West, uh, west of the Mississippi River over the past 200 years, and to preserve um, the, the stories of those people and, and uh, uh, ranches that have made significant impacts um, on our culture um, and on our values and really in feeding the world. Um, and so we uh, also tackle contemporary ranching issues because ranching is not just in the past, uh, it's in the future, as, in the present and the future as well. Um, you know, cowboys and ranchers still exist all across uh, the world, um, all across the United States. In fact, there, there is a ranch in all 50 states uh, of the United States. And so our real mission is to tell that story. Um, and, uh, you know, there is something about the cowboy hat um, that resonates with people from Dallas to Beijing. And, uh, and, and especially the trail drive era when five million head of cattle were driven out of South Texas, either to states north of us or to Kansas railheads to go back and fuel the industrial revolution to feed uh, the people that were becoming part of the United States. Um, that's all part of our collective history. Um, and so, you know, our job on a daily basis is to tell that to the people that come in through our doors, uh, to the people that we impact through our, uh, you know, website and through our social media channels, um, and just to continue to tell that story. And, and so it's, it's something that we take, um, you know, very seriously. Um, and it's something that we take a great, uh, you know, honor and pride. Um, and we still have ranches um, all across the country that support this facility and support that mission. Um, some of whom have never actually even been here, um, but they believe so much in preserving this way of life, um, you know, for continuing generations that, that they're members of the Ranching Heritage Association and, to cont and continue to support us. I love the example you used about the cowboy hat. Um, 
Why is it important that we preserve this Western heritage for the next generation and even kind of tell that story to those outside of the industry? Yeah, you know, I, I think you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, what, um, what were sort of the kingpins or the linchpins of the ranching industry. And uh, my friend, Red Stegall, who, who uh, you know, is a great cowboy poet and singer and songwriter, uh, you know, he puts it, I think, best. I mean, I think it was, you know, it was the challenges of coming into what really was a harsh land, um, you know, until, um, you know, the mid 1870s, it was this area, especially the South Plains of Texas um, and, and all of West Texas was really considered, you know, the great American desert um, and wasn't thought useful. And that's why, you know, so many um, wagon loads of pioneers, you know, went uh, West to California and, and uh, Oregon rather than staying in this part of the country. But um, those who did settle here, uh, you know, developed a, a fortitude, a grit, and a set of values um, that I think resonates with people um, in all in many different walks of life. Um, you know, because um, as Red puts it, you know, there there was no place for a shirker um, or somebody that wasn't willing to pull their weight. You know, there wasn't room for a liar or a cheat. Uh, you know, everybody was expected to do the best with the gifts that they had. Um, it required dependence on each other because this was a lonely land um, and people might come together, you know, from a hundred miles around for a wedding or a funeral or, uh, you know, a dance to be able to socialize uh, with other people. And so it just demanded the best uh, of people. And so because of that, there, there's this sort of, you know, cowboy code or a code of the cow country of integrity um, of honesty, doing, you know, business on a handshake, um, you know, and that fit in well with, you know, the vision of Texas Tech that it, that uh, this should be a big vision um, because it's a big country um, and because it demands the best of us. And so, you know, I think that's something that, that this world needs now um, more than ever of, of holding on to those values um, and then from a very practical standpoint, um, the other side of the, the coin is, um, you know, cattle eat things that people can't eat. Uh, and so um, they take land and, and forages that would otherwise be, you know, totally uh, unproductive uh, and, you know, are able to convert that because of the miracle of a four chambered stomach. And they're able to take those things that we can't consume and produce protein. And so it's a way for us to continue feeding a world um, that needs that. We have, you know, growing areas of countries that um, are, are increasing their protein intake. Um, you know, and then the other side of the, you know, one other thing that we're seeing more and more is, you know, ranches are the original green space, uh, to use a, a modern vernacular term, you know, that they preserve by, you know, vast swaths of green space that enable us to be um, great environmental stewards, to take care of the land and, and offset um, what, uh, you know, we do as, as people through urbanization and, and concentrating ourselves in cities. Um, you know, ranches are able to offset that in a lot of ways and, and provide a lot of hope, um, you know, from an environmental standpoint as well.
I, I think that's a great point. You know, this is more than just cool pieces of history housed yeah. in the same place. It's also kind of about educating people on agriculture and agricultural issues, you know, yeah. to a broader scope. Um, how does the center serve the uh, Ranching Heritage Association membership? And, you know, how is that membership involved? Uh, so they're involved in a lot of, of different ways, I, you know, the probably most critically. So we have about 1500 Ranching Heritage Association members in 38 states. So we truly are national. Um, and like I say, you know, many of them uh, just support us financially and send in their membership dollars. Uh, but about 60 percent of our um uh, operating budget on an annual basis is actually funded through uh, the Ranching Heritage Association and, and the donations that those folks give through their membership dollars. Um, they also fund, uh, you know, any additions and, and uh, major capital campaigns that we have. Um, but we serve them back um, in a lot of ways by, um, you know, being able to be the ones that do preserve um, what is near and dear to them. Uh, you know, in some of those instances, we actually have preserved, you know, part of their family history through a structure um, or just through the stories that their ancestors have told. Um, and just, you know, as a whole of being able to preserve uh, this ranching heritage. Um, but we have a quarterly magazine um, that's really slick and, and uh, is extremely well produced. You know, so we send that out four times a year to our uh, RHA members. Um, we have a lot of events uh, that are designated toward members. Uh, one of those is we have a great uh, Western art show and uh, and dance on our Campbell patio. And so we always have some great Western swing music um, with, you know, a band like Jake Hooker and the Outsiders or somebody along those lines um, that comes. And we just have a great, uh, you know, going to town, uh, uh, has been a, a part of ranching culture for, uh, you know, 200 years. And so we continue to uh, to do that and, and just give folks the opportunity to come and socialize, to get to view the park and, and view um, the exhibits that we have. Um, but we also do, uh, I mentioned that we tackle, uh, you know, modern ranching issues. So we've done you know, range management seminars. Uh, we do, have done partnered with uh, the Quail Tech Alliance on the Texas Tech campus to to do things like a quail management seminar. Um, we do a, a quail palooza for kids that that talks about quail management and how you know managing quail and managing wildlife as a whole uh, helps contribute to our overall uh, you know ranching goals. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, there's a lot of ways that, that we give back to uh, Ranching Heritage Association members. Uh, and it's just a great partnership. They are, you know, such an amazing group of people. Uh, we have a 60 member board of directors uh, of that uh, uh, association that I work with on a daily basis to just tell the story to help us, uh, you know, get the word out to uh, other potential members, um, you know, and then. Um, they give selflessly of their time and, and talent and treasure uh, to make sure that that this place is successful. Um, so it really is a, just a great partnership. I'm definitely going to put the center on my list of places to visit for the next time I, I travel down to Texas. We but do. I, I would be curious to know what your favorite exhibit or piece of history that is featured is. 
Oh man, uh, that's really challenging. Um, uh, I'm I'm a history nerd. Uh, you know, I uh, growing up, I think even in fifth grade, you know, I I did my book reports on uh, you know books like the Longhorns, uh, the Mustangs. Uh, Great you know, choices. <laughs> absolutely, you know. So um, so that's a really you know, it's a big challenge. I guess one of the ones that that's sort of near and dear to my heart is uh, called Las Escamadas. Um, it was part of the XIT Ranch, uh, and you know, growing up in Deaf Smith County, um, in, you know, in the Texas Panhandle, and, and traveling, you know, through that part of the country my whole life. You know, uh, you grow up on the lore of the of the XIT. Um, and Los Escobadas uh, was actually in the northwest section of Deaf Smith County. Um, it was one of the seven division headquarters of the XIT Ranch. Um, and it was moved here to the Ranching Heritage Center in the 1970s. It's a, it's a really large rock structure um, that housed uh, the, it was the housing for the ranch manager and his family. It was also his office. It has a huge kitchen and eating room that where it served uh, maybe up to uh, 40 or 50 cowboys a day. And then upstairs was storage and sleeping you know, accommodations for up to about 50 cowboys. Um, so because it comes from my home county, I'm pretty partial to Los Escobadas. Uh, uh, but, but I love so many of our structures. Understandably so. So you know, we already touched on, you know, the educational efforts mm -hmm. of the center. But in your opinion, what do you think are some practical ways that people in this in the, in the industry can share their Western heritage with others? Uh, you know, I think, you know, there's just so many ways. I mean, people uh, and one of the things I probably should probably mention, Rebel, when I first came here, I've been here five years at the center and I had visited you know, even as an undergrad student, uh, you know, being a history nerd, I think I probably brought dates to, uh, you know, the candlelight at the ranch event and things <laughs> when I was in school. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, you know, it, it, it is uh, one of the things that I'm always amazed at is we get people from all walks of life. Um, you know, I always sort of had a, a, an impression that when I came here, uh, that it would probably be people that, you know, similar to me that maybe grew up in an agriculture, you know, family, you, you know, were interested in your roots, but we really truly see people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, all walks of life um, that are interested in our history. And part of it is that allure of the cowboy hat. And and, you know, the stories, frankly, that, you know, whether you grew up reading Louis L'Amour, you grew up, you know, watching John Wayne Westerns or whatever, um, that are certainly Hollywood, uh, you know, um, told stories. Uh, people have a, a hunger um, for learning about the history of the American West. And, and there was so much history that unfolded here. Um, that I think does, it does resonate with people. Um, and so I think as, you know, agriculturists, as folks that, that are in the industry, um, we need to, to use that. I mean, I think we're seeing, you know, you see a phenomenon now with um, Yellowstone in, in 1883, that there is, you know, people um, are definitely interested in those time periods and, and those themes. And um, even though we tell this, the story differently, um, 
we tell the story of what really happened. Um, but I think, you know, that's an opportunity for all of us in agriculture is to, to share, you know, here is what happened. And it was, you know, we, we look at the melting pot um, that, uh, that really occurred, um, you know, in the American West and on the ranches of the American West. I mean, one in four cowboys was black. Um, you know, many of them were of Hispanic backgrounds. Um, you know, so I think those are all stories that we can tell that connect with, you know, people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, um, to just tell the story of, of how um, these ranches came to be and the, and the importance that they are and, and certainly the importance that the values that developed here uh, continue to be, um, you know, and, and the need for integrity and honesty and character, um, I think is an opportunity for all of us to tell a story um, you know, when we when we share those kinds of things on social media, um, it, it just has tremendous growth and, and uh, uh, you know, goes viral pretty, pretty regularly um, just because, I, you know, I think people are drawn, um, you know, to the, the, those kinds of qualities. Most certainly. So we've talked about the stories that the center tells your, you know, your outreach and education efforts and its personal significance to you. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share? Well, you know, I think the other two really uh, significant things, and one of them was really a surprise to me. So we, we have uh, an amazing set of volunteers. Um, we call them ranch hosts, but they kind of serve, you know, in many museums, they're called docents. Um, but we have about 150 folks. They love to dress up, many of them, not all, but many <laughs> of them love to dress up in period clothing. Um, and so they actually do living history, um, either for our special events or even um, most of the time through from April through about October. Um, on Saturdays, we have Rancho Saturdays and they come out and do living history. Um, so it's an opportunity uh, to not just show the artifacts and the architecture and the structures themselves, but they actually are able to explain what life was like uh, in a box and strip house at the turn of the uh, you know 20th century. And, and so, um, you know, life was was very different there. I, I tell you, when when, uh, you know, on a cold morning when we need to go open those up <laughs> and uh, uh, and have an event, uh, I mean, uh, you're sure going to be wishing that somebody else was getting up to light the fire before you, <laughs> um, you know, and so that's a, that's a, a great piece of, um, but just um, the community uh, outreach and the community involvement uh, in the 1970s, we have a, you know, a, a Victorian mansion called the Barton house that kind of shows, you know, what life was like uh, maybe during the, the peak of, of, uh, you know, a ranch baron, uh, and uh, uh, it was totally outfitted by the Junior League of Lubbock. And and so, so many members of the community here, not just of the ranching community, have been part of making this facility, uh, you know, what it is today and, and being an, an enabling us to, to reach out to people from all around the world. Um, so that's a, an important aspect. And then the other thing that I, I think is always fun is, um, you know, we have between six and 8,000 school kids that come through this facility each year. 
Um, we have a great partnership with John Erickson, who wrote all the Hank the Cowdog books. Uh, and several years ago, John started writing some books that tell all about ranching through the voice of Hank. Um, and so those have been a tremendous tool. We work together with educators uh, to put together some curriculum activity guides um, that are now being adopted um, all the way you know, across the state of Texas. And, and, uh, um, and, and shoot, we've even branched out. I think we've got it in Kansas, New Mexico, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, and Montana. Uh, and so those are just ways for us to, they teach science and social studies, but using um, you know, ranching uh, examples and techniques. Um, so I think that's a, a, a really an amazing and, and gives us a tremendous way for us to continue telling the story to educate the next generation um, about the importance of ranching. And, and so that's something we're really looking forward to and, and uh, investing in in the future. Awesome. Well, this has been so wonderful. And the history buff in me is just itching to come visit. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your time and perspective with us today. You bet. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and uh, you have a standing invitation. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll give you the private tour. We'll show you the collections area. Uh, you know, it truly is a, a unique place. And, and uh, um, you know, but give us a little time. You can't you can't go through it in 30 minutes. OK. All right. Well, that was Jim Brett Campbell, Executive Director of the National Ranching Heritage Center in Lubbock, Texas. As a reminder, new episodes of Breaking the Barrier are available every Tuesday and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is produced by the Rural Radio Network.